1: Hey friends, welcome to the Tennis and Bagels podcast. Today is just me and Owen. Uh our good friend Vunch is actually um working at the US Open right now. He's not at New York, but he's uh he's doing some work from home uh, remotely. Uh and it's a dream come true for Vunch. So congrats Vunch. I know it's something that you've worked really hard on. And uh, yeah, it's it's sad that you cannot be here right now, but you're you're making some good money working with tennis. So the dream. <laughs> well uh we're gonna be enjoying the us open hopefully you can do some of that in your work time as well so uh, it's just me and owen like great as well uh, owen has spent some time away so it's good that we can do some more content with him uh before the end of the year as well so uh without further ado let's just jump right on or just, how are you doing owen
0: <laughs> uh, i'm good thanks uh, I'm i'm glad we're doing this and uh yeah, very happy for Vance. Uh, he's going to do great work. Um, and that now makes a uh, two out of the three of us that have gotten tennis jobs. Right, uh, it's true. just just one missing. Uh, do you know who that is? Uh, it's probably one of our guests.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna get one soon. <laughs>
0: Thanks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not holding my breath, but thank you. No. I'm um, but yeah, excited to break this down. I think. Um, I don't think either the men or the women have like an obvious favorite for the U.S. Open here, so it'll be fun to kind of get into it and give some predictions.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we can start like our off with the men's just because it's probably the uh, the easiest, like the most um, the one that has like the little the least secrecy in who the favorites are. Yeah. Um, and we're obviously looking at Djokovic and Alcaraz. We have Djokovic coming back for the first time in the U.S. since twenty twenty. Uh, when he had twenty twenty one, I think. 2021. Yeah, it's true that he played the Medvedev in the finals. Um, so yeah, excited to see that again. Like how he's how he's gonna manage uh Arthur Ash. Like it's he's no uh he's no um rookie when it comes to that crowd. So uh and we know like the rowdiest ones when Roger Federer played him in like in those two times uh 10 and 11 That was quite ridiculous. So it's not something that we're expecting it's going to like rattle him too much, but who knows uh, maybe 24 is going to be on the line and something's going to happen um and the obvious other guy uh carlos akras who honestly surprised me very much in cincinnati i thought he was just going to be like dead i thought it was going to be like three and four for Djokovic in the final like to even think that he had a match point and made that like an almost four-hour contest is beyond like my my imagination like this is Every time that I'm trying to like playing down like Akras' expectations, he just pulls it like right back up. Because I'm like, OK, no, this guy has something special. It's like I'm just I'm just thinking like there's no way like Akras and hardcore Djokovic is going to smoke him. He's a lot fresher. Akras is a lot more tired, maybe emotionally, even because of the Wimbledon win. Like he's just trying to get on his feet for the US Open and whatever. <laughs> he almost wins the thing. It was unreal. Like I couldn't even believe that. Like so, yeah, like and right now, like I can't. Even though the U.S. Open is longer, is best of five. No Djokovic, all that dynamic. He cannot really afford to go like, I don't know, I don't know, like twenty hours on court before facing Djokovic, unless Djokovic kind of spends the same amount of time, then he's kind of have a shot in that regard. But it's definitely different uh, a landscape. But still, I I don't have much of a doubt that cross can do that again. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I i mean, everyone says that these two are the obvious favorites. I, I kind of want to take it one step further and say, like, I have a really, really hard time saying that anyone else could even, like, disrupt that final. I mean, or, and I have an even harder time, like, picturing someone besides those two eventually lifting the trophy. Because we talk about other contenders, feel like the obvious ones are uh, Medvedev and Sinner, right? Um, yeah. Medvedev can't beat Alcaraz, and Sinner isn't going to beat Djokovic. So, even if Sinner somehow takes out Alcaraz, uh, I think they would meet in the quarters. He's not beating Djokovic in a final. And if Medvedev somehow takes out Djokovic, he's not beating Alcaraz. I think uh, Alcaraz just destroyed him at Wimbledon, and that felt really conclusive. Yeah. Um, so I think for either of them to win, they would need to beat you know, one of them, who they'd already be an underdog against, and then they would need the other one to lose um before they face them and those two things in conjunction seem really really unlikely uh so I have no issue saying um Djokovic and Alcaraz are 1a 1b or 1b 1a yeah. however you want to order it and everyone else is like three or four levels below yeah. that
1: yeah I think just looking at the draw uh Alcaraz Medvedev and Sinner in the same sam in the same half of the draw which is yeah a blowout of a draw like the draw is like packages big names like Djokovic's half is a lot like simpler um yeah. in general um but the the only other thing that I can see happening here is like Medvedev uh Sinner taking out Akras and the quarters and Medvedev takes out Sinner and the semis and then Mevedev has a chance against Djokovic even though he's still like a pretty underdoggy. <laughs> like especially the way Akras has been playing uh, David Djokovic seems to be a lot more motivated, and the shirt rip honestly doesn't lie. He wants to win, so yeah. Um, I feel like, yeah, it's it's just really hard. And honestly, like I'm just gonna go off the bat. Like I think my favorite is Djokovic. Still, I think best of five. Nobody has more experience. Nobody has more um, um collection, as I would say. Um, just Djokovic. I feel like he just has the edge still um but again as i said jack keeps like elevating like his game all the time so uh i give the edge to Djokovic. i don't think he's like a heavy heavy favorite he's always been like over the years um over the past like maybe like three or four years
0: well it's funny like i don't know if he's ever really been like a heavy heavy favorite at the u.s open because like his track record is kind of bad there yeah um but to be fair yeah to be fair it is his own fault (laughs) it's not like well it, it is yeah. But like, and it's weird to say about someone yeah. who's like a three-time titleist at the U.S. Open. But he is—he has, has more weird losses there than he has at the French Open. Yeah. Um, you can go through and like count through the years. Like, so first of all, like his first title, two thousand eleven, he shouldn't even have won because Federer was up two sets on him in the semis and then had the two match points. So like, you know, he pulled that out. It was amazing. But he was very close to not winning that title. Um, t- twenty fifteen, you would uh, that was his absolute peak. Federer still pushed him pretty hard in the final four sets could easily have been five, and then twenty eighteen that was probably his most comfortable title. Um, he was in trouble in like his first two matches. Um, like round one and round two, he um, I think one of them against Fusevich, they split the first two two sets, and then he almost went down like a double break in the third. So, anyway, my long-winded point is um, yeah. Djokovic and the U.S. Open do not mix that well. Um, he lost to Nishikori there in twenty fourteen in the semis. He um, you know, 2016 final. I think he had an elbow issue, but he was off a set on Vavrinka and he lost that. He's lost uh he's a one and two against Nadal there. And um, you know, Nadal is great, obviously, but like that rivalry on hard court traditionally really favors Djokovic, so that's not great. Um, what else? I mean, 2021, like, yeah, he made the final, but he needed to get through that draw more easily than he did because when, by the time he got to the final, he had nothing left and Medvedev kind of starched him. Yeah. So I think like my one issue with calling Djokovic the favorite is just like, it feels like something's going to go wrong for yeah. the U S open because it, that always happens. Yeah.
1: Um, it's, it's honestly just kind of like you look at the draw, like especially 2020 when I think about it, it's like, okay, now what sort of black magic is going to happen that Djokovic isn't going to win again. Like it's, it's, as you said, like it it's almost like freak accidents or just like Djokovic like having weird losses. Maybe because of the end of the season, he's also a bit cooked. Uh maybe he's a little bit fresher this year. He's sort of like managing his schedule even more like glaringly around the Grand Slam. So I think he, he would want to be as fresh as possible. And I don't know if he's gonna and his draw is like really favorable to him, like honestly. That's true. Uh I don't even see I mean, who knows? Maybe Felix Ojeli Yassim could come out out of the gates, like being extremely like strong and like pushing him to five sets, like he did with Nadal at Roland Garros. Like I don't know, maybe yeah, maybe he's gonna right. maybe he's gonna play like s- some of the best matches of his, of his season and do it. Like you never really know like which Ojeli Yassim is gonna show up these days. Um, aside from that, like I don't see Tisipas doing much. I don't see Fritz doing much. Um, rune uh rune could do something but he yeah, would but need he's like not... awake an awakening essentially
0: so. right he, he's not developed enough to win yeah um like I, someone's gonna take a set that's the only thing i say yeah. with confidence because someone <laughs> always takes a set yeah um but yeah he's uh i mean besides injury like nothing's gonna stop him from getting to the final yeah um yeah
1: so yeah i, I don't even know like i, I think Alcaraz is definitely like the trickiest path but being fresh being 20 years old i don't it hasn't really hasn't been injured this USI from the australian open right so
0: yeah i don't think so maybe there was like a minor thing at some yeah. point but yeah um yeah. I, I think with him the only tripwire is if he runs into center and if he just and if he isn't at his best then center could beat him but that like i don't know i i think he'd beat center more comfortably than he did last year if they play again and you know center is not like intimidated by that matchup. He always plays really really well against yeah. Carlos. Um but kind of like we were saying before, I don't think that's going to translate into like title winning form. Like he's not if he beats Alcaraz, he's not yeah. going to sustain that for the semis in the final and he's certainly not going to beat Djokovic, I don't think. Um so yeah, I think I I guess I could like I guess if I had to say, I'd say Djokovic is the slight favorite because I feel yeah. like Djokovic could only lose to Alcaraz, but Alcaraz could lose to I guess Cener or Djokovic, um, yeah. And, and then there's also that thing where uh, no one's defended the U.S. Open on the ATP <laughs> since uh, 2008, so yeah. Alcaraz has that to contend with. Uh, no one yeah. wins two U.S. Opens uh, in a row on the ATP. Yeah,
1: I think the the only the one thing about the the, the men's draw now that I'm, I'm I'm just looking at it like just quickly on their Instagram page, and um, I see a party pooper in it and okay i think alexander zverev could oh. could make something out of his draw honestly i think he can beat sinner i don't think he can beat akras but i think he believes he can so <laughs> i think that's yeah. a, uh if this happened imagine we couldn't have like a zverev medvedev semi-final <laughs> and
0: yeah oh god that would be a nightmare yeah. um i yeah i I, I could see him beating Center, but I don't think he's going to beat Alcaraz. Yeah. I and I think he could lose to someone else too. Um,
1: True, I think so too. Like I think that out of everybody, aside from Djokovic and Alcaraz, I think he probably has the biggest belief in himself, even if it's like the least justified fight of of the three. But he did push Djokovic, it was it Djokovic, uh, to almost three sets uh, in Cincinnati. So it was probably Djokovic's toughest match yeah. match before Alcaraz. So that's why I'm thinking, like, maybe, maybe Alcaraz, I mean, Zverev has something to give um, right there. But yeah, honestly, and I'm going to also be very, like, open in terms of being a fan that I really just want to see Alcaraz Djokovic again, because I don't even know how many more contests like these we're going to have. Have And after Cincinnati and Wimbledon, like, come on, just give us another one.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it was amazing. I mean, this rivalry is like when was the last time a rivalry was this good this quickly? Like, yeah. all of their matches have been good, even the French Open, which was, like, the most disappointing one. Was, yeah. I think everything we hoped it would be for the first two sets. Um, yeah. And I think their two matches since then have more than made up for the disappointment of the last two sets of that match. Um, I mean, Cincinnati was ridiculous. Like, um, those match point saves. Like, um, the one everyone talks about is, like, Alcaraz, like, digging out that volley. But, like... I think in the next game, he hit, like, a 98-mile-an-hour forehand winner <laughs> down the line to save a championship point. Like, that's the one that sticks with me the most. Um, Yeah, that was ridiculous. And I think besides kind of early popcorn matches or, like, the the good story of the tournament, like, we'll have a lucky loser go to round four or something. Like, I, I think the eventual djokovic Alcaraz final is, like, that's, like, the only big story on the men's side, I think. Like, yeah. I don't think any other contenders are ready to disrupt that. I don't think they're like you know no one's like oh we need to see Medvedev center you know like it's not like there's a it's like a big two right now so yeah like yeah. bring on that final
1: yeah and if we're just like talking like small storylines uh, I think Andy Murray and Stan Wawrinka have like Stan Wawrinka less maybe but well, I guess them both sort of like have the same chance of like making it like too far into this into this this tournament. But Andy Murray has kind of a decent chance to like making at least the third round. I can see it. Okay, I, and and so does Varenka.
0: Yeah, I man, this is gonna be like if the Murray musings friends are listening to this, I apologize. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in Murray to make a run. I mm. like. I think. I think he's just passed it like he is he's still at the point where he can play really well for one match I think but even betting that he'll make it past the second round I think is dangerous I mean um I I guess people are gonna say like look at what he did at the Australian Open and yeah that was amazing I was at both of his first two matches it was one of the best tennis experiences of my life but he he got through both of those matches by the skin of his teeth yeah um he's got a metal hip for whatever reason, and I don't necessarily blame him for this, he can't play in the aggressive way that he needs to, to really get big wins at this point in his career. Yeah. Um, so I I think he's gonna go out early just because that is what tends to happen to him now.
1: Yeah, I mean, he possibly getting uh Dimitrov in the in the second round. So
0: yeah, that's uh, winnable. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's the
1: thing. Like, I, I mean, it again depends on like which Murray, which Dimitrov shows up. Yes. You can't really even Murray nowadays, you cannot even bet on him to like lose on physicality because for some reason he can still play epics. Like in you can you can yeah. do this for like two matches in a row, not three, but like two matches that he could pull it off. So I could see him like getting to the third round. And that's when he probably meets Sverev, and that's gonna frustrate the hell out of him. But uh yeah. And yeah,
0: I, I guess what I'm worried about is that like he plays his epic in the first round oh, yeah. and then he has nothing left for Dimitrov because he Yeah. You can't beat anyone comfortably that's the other thing like
1: yeah that's the problem mate. In. and as i've in terms of like just speaking a little bit of Murray, just going on a tangent i've been watching because as you know i work for a tennis company <laughs> and sometimes i do get to watch like a few um get back like access to like other matches like in in building content and whatnot and just like checking out like some um, murray matches and like uh i saw a few when he won against djokovic uh in Montreal or Toronto uh, for maybe his third title I think 20 honestly 15 but I'm not sure Um, maybe 16 uh, and uh, there isn't a lot of that changed. I think he's just he's a little bit slower nowadays he's more erratic but the essence is the same like he hasn't really changed much in his game like ever like he did the most aggressive I've ever seen him play was probably U.S. Open 2012 when he was just like letting it rip with his forehand. Mm-hmm. But that, apart from that, like is basically always the same. So yeah. maybe he, maybe he himself like cannot really believe like why is my game that has always worked isn't anymore? Like something is like just hardwired in him to not really change it, but who knows uh yeah maybe you're just right maybe he's just kind of passed his prime and he's gonna announce retirement like maybe
0: next year yeah, i don't know <laughs> no, no I, I think you're spot on with that actually yeah. like um did you see a uh, star wars uh force awakens yeah um you remember when kylo ren is like i know what i have to do i just don't know if i have the strength to do it or something yeah i feel like that's his thing like he knows how he should be playing but it's like the years of instinct of like playing the same way. Yeah. It he like can't override that almost, you know, it's like it's like he's a computer and it's running on like some code and now he needs to like update it, but like the code that's like baked into the computer isn't like letting him do that. Um yeah. so like i i think he genuinely wants to be more aggressive, but i think it's like yeah, i don't i think it's just like his body is not letting him or like yeah. his mind isn't letting him something, but for whatever reason he's not doing it. Yeah. But yeah, like I'll
1: just say basically that Akras and Djokovic are still the favorites. I really don't I really don't see them losing the, the edge at any time during this tournament. Like what what do you think would take for um them? Do you do you think any one of them is not going to reach the final and who is it?
0: Uh Djokovic I'd bet on making the final. Um so djokovic the thing that can stop him is like an injury um alcaraz center could beat him um that's it
1: (laughs) wow that's just how or or an injury for him too i guess but you know what's crazy like i just read at the atp um djokovic just needs to win his first round match to become number one again so
0: i saw that yeah
1: and it's like that's insane because like obviously like there's the grand slam race and whatnot, out and akras right now is probably not focusing on number one because it's so out of his control that it doesn't matter at this point but then after the us open i think that's like we're gonna have like such a huge battle and i think it's gonna make this season super interesting so i think we're gonna have to tune in like right after the us open and just to, like lay down the race and so i'm actually looking at it and the atp doesn't have it yet i think they just started putting it like after the us open like on the website Right now, I have to go to the NATO ATP website, which I don't do. So, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. But, yeah,
0: it should be interesting because Djokovic is de- is defending. He had, like, a Paris final, and he won the ATP finals last year. Yeah. So, um, he's got more points. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I could see him getting it back at the U.S. Open, and then Alcaraz getting it back again. Um, Yeah, yeah should be fun.
1: Yeah, and interestingly for Alcaraz as well, like he probably wants to make sure he defends all the 2,000 points that he has because he it historically hasn't really been at his best in the indoor season like post-US Open historically he has like two seasons under his belt but still um so it's it's just really going to be interesting like I think if we're lucky we're going to have like another big final at the ATP finals this year and that one's going to decide number one I think it's always the greatest when this happens like if it's decided before it's it's fine but um, if it's like a big battle like 20, 2016 Djokovic Murray, that's that's yeah. when it's at. I think that's the coolest thing that could happen. The ATP and my gosh, they they would market the crap out of it. So
0: yeah,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. Should we move on to the women? Absolutely. Uh, I was about to uh, suggest that. So on the women's side, we have the other youngster, number one, who defied all odds and just took the world by surprise in twenty twenty two, Iga Vyantec, defending champion. Much less of a favorite, though.
0: Yeah, I I think um where we have two favorites on the men's side, I think we have like three or four or five on the women's side. Like for me, that for me, it's five who I think can realistic have like a realistic chance at the title. I think you have Sviantek, Sabalenka, Ravakina, Jabur, and Goff. Hmm. Um, all of them have made major finals. Um, three of them are already major champions. Um, and um. You know, Jabir made her major final. Um she made one like at the last major and she's a finalist at the US Open. Um, and you know, Goff is also a major finalist, and she's just beaten Shvantek for the first time. And so I feel like that is an indication that she like in theory can now like beat pretty much anyone. Uh, yeah. because Shviantech was that matchup where she was just not getting anything done. Um, so I kind of think it's between those five. And then, you know, you have your group of dark horses like uh, Pagula, like uh um yeah. like the kind of that like second tier um so yeah do, do you want to go through the five and then uh anyone else who you think could um have a shot at the title as well
1: yeah for sure uh we can start with Sriontek since she's number one and she's defending champion there's a lot yes. of writing on her and the one thing that worries me most about her um was as uh, she was speaking about like just fatigue in general um not sure how much of this physical i think is mostly just psychological and emotional um she she did lose two tough matches in montreal and cincinnati um it was I think the i think the one she lost in montreal and i worked here and i remember yeah
0: uh, and semi cigar yeah yeah
1: so those are those are big big losses that she suffered um not sure how much that's gonna weigh on her. It could either do weighing on her or it could motivate her to win more. Um but yeah, she also was mentioning mentioning this. So who knows what's gonna happen? And golf is in her quarter, so that's gonna be very interesting. Um yeah. because yeah.
0: Yeah, I I mean, and look, like if she were to play golf again, like would I still favor tech Like, absolutely, because you know, she still leads that matchup, I think, like five-one or six-one. Um she is the defending champion. Like I I think it remains to be seen if Goff's forehand can sustain the level it was at in that Cincinnati match. Yeah. Um but you know that Cincinnati match shows that like that's not an automatic win for Shiontek anymore. She could yeah. lose that. She's going to have to play well. These matches that she's lost at uh Cincinnati and um and Canada like both of them 6-4 in the third. That's um those are usually matches we associate you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, uh last year, U.S. Open semis that um, match with Sabalenka, that was 6-4 in the third. And I think that her year, I mean, the aura of invincibility has come off, right? Like she is still number one. She won a major this year. It's been a successful year in many respects but people are starting to beat her you know yeah. like m- multiple rivals um so I, I I don't think she's the favorite overall um and I think there are a handful of players who could all take her yeah. out
1: the one uh silver Lining, I think in in her losses this year that has been a few quite a few more that were in three sets and that were like pretty hard fought ones. So she's kind of getting a hang of like winning three sets and navigating that and just fighting, just like trying to find like another gear. So I think it's going to be interesting, like how this is going to define her clutchness Uh, because I think she's getting there. I don't think like she's too far, too far off, Um, but she doesn't need to like win comprehensively anymore. Like she can't, she can maybe drop a set and still be able to like fight and get back into it um so yeah i think it's very hard to like bet against her like anywhere at this point maybe wimbledon obviously but um on hardcore she already won this tournament so you can't you can just say like oh yeah she's definitely not gonna do it um so i think that it, it could play in her favor that like she already has those matches she has a lot she has now had quite a, a few experiences of like tough matches mm-hmm. so you could toughen up for her like and just be be a very good um um, survival, just kick in the survival instinct against the uh, players, what they are able to push her. Um, yeah, and for for golf, like it's always interesting when players play at home. So like it's interesting That's to true. see like what's gonna be the effect of like this newfound golf, uh, Coco golf, who is now not now like in the league of the favorites to it, to win grand slams uh, at home on Arthur Ashe. Uh, obviously she's made her first grand slam final last year. So she's kind of already has this experience of being a grand slam finalist, but now she's arguably a lot better than she was last year. So um, I would say like, maybe she has a lot of expectations. Maybe America has a lot of expectations. Maybe Arsh is going to be loud. So it's can either push her or, you know, just get in her head. So, um, yeah.
0: We'll and, and I think something, you know, I didn't mention about Sviontek is like, she's still arguably like the most consistent player on tour, right? Yeah. Even if um maybe some players on a hard court or a grass court have like a higher peak. So um right now, anyway. um So I think like, and, and I absolutely do think golf is a contender. Cincinnati was amazing. I was also impressed that she like followed up that Sviantec win by winning the yeah. final over Mukuva. Like that's hard to do. I, I thought uh, she was going to lose the final because of the you know, you get a huge win like that. Yeah. And there's, like, a physical and emotional, like, come down after that. Yeah. And um, she, like, sustained that level. That was amazing. But, you know, it's one tournament. So it's, like like you said, there's going to be pressure. I think, like, as good as that forehand was, like, it's still a weakness, right? So mm-hmm. I think sustaining that at a high level is going to be a challenge. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it faltered again yeah. because... You know, improving a shot that's a weakness is like a long process, usually. Um uh but but yeah, again, like I I wouldn't be surprised if um if she won. Yeah. I think I think we kind of have an interesting situation with like the five contenders I named because you also have all these like style matchups. Um yeah. like I think um like Jabur tends to really struggle against Shviantec, and Sviantec has struggled against uh Sabalenka and Rabakina. Um and you kind of have, and like Goff usually struggles against Shviontek, but now it seems like Shviontek might struggle with Goff, and you have kind of all these permutations and all these different matchups. Um, and so I feel like the matchups that we get are going to really heavily influence the outcome of the tournament, you know, like, yeah. I think there are some among the five who like Shviontek would not mind playing at all. But if she plays a good version of Rabakina, like, I don't think she's going to win, Um whether we get a good version of Rubakina is another question because I think she hasn't been the same since um, she pulled out of the French Open. Um, mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I the think Rubakina might deserve sort of like just a, a little bit more like just recognition. This in this sense, like because the scheduling for her in Montreal was like really just brutal. So I a lot of people could just just see. And obviously, she did have, like, the shoulder injury, which probably had aggravated a little bit. I don't know who she lost to in uh, in Cincinnati. I forget. But uh she finished a match at, like, 3 a.m. There was a lot of, like, rain delays. Almost, I think she ended up playing two matches in the same day. I don't remember exactly. But it was just, like, a very, lots of up and down. She did find a lot of ways to, like, come back to it. Um So, I think maybe because... The after um the US Open has like I think three courts there that have uh, a retract- retractable roofs and I don't see her playing anywhere like other than Louis Armstrong and our thrash. she's probably gonna get to her matches so uh, with a day of rest I think I think is really ideal conditions for her to be able to like find the way to be able to you know rest and um play her best match like in. In time like just to be able to be fit in time for her next matches and also seven matches i think uh, of course like the, the the caveat being like being in best of three and five so she doesn't have that much room for error in oh. uh, each each match uh still seven matches is good enough for uh enough match practice for when she would meet um she's uh in the same quarter as benched sakari and mukova and think mukova is probably the biggest uh, threat in this one so um yeah. but we'll we'll have to see how that how that one plays out so yeah just like the first few matches are really going to define a lot of uh, a lot of what's going to happen in this quarter specifically i would say
0: yeah and uh, i, I mo- i'm mostly with you but remember um w- was it the australian open that had Ravakina out on like court 18 or whatever it was like True. yeah so I, I, and you know she is like done a lot more now like the ranking has come up um but i, I don't know i don't know if i had bank on her being on the show courts the entire time because mm. you know they might put tiafo unseated americans <laughs> yeah. not not even tiafo like he he'd like deserve it you know like unseated americans wild cards true, true. you know so um, tommy paul <laughs> <laughs> tommy paul um, and ash well i mean tommy paul's like coming up right
1: yeah he is actually really fun to watch like when his his as as i said on twitter like his his rivalry with Alcaraz has like come out of nowhere and it's really good it's like what where did that come from yeah but yeah nice i
0: I feel like my perception of him is like unfairly skewed because i i saw him play djokovic at the australian open in the semis Hmm. and i was so excited to go to the australian open semis and then he just like could not make any impression whatsoever so i feel like my perception of him is kind of unfairly colored by that yeah um but yeah i mean there's no arguing with uh He's the, in way a,
1: the way the way the draws are, um, Djokovic could face Tommy Paul in another semifinal <laughs> for oh, your geez. pleasure.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think anyone would want to see that. But um, so, so I, I was kind of thinking about this recently on the women's side about like who who is the favorite because yeah. I think of the five contenders, I feel like Goff and Jabur could win, but I don't think they're the favorite. Yeah, So I feel like it's between the quote-unquote big three that we've been talking about. Rabakina, I do think there's been a performance dip since the end of the clay season. Yeah. I, I don't think that's her fault. I think it's a physical thing. Sure. Um, So I have trouble saying her. Sviantek, I think, would lose to Sabalenka or Rabakina because that's kind of the trend that things have been going recently. But then Sabalenka has been struggling in semifinals recently and kind of hasn't really been able to close out in the big matches since the Australian Open final. So I've ki- I have kind of have trouble betting on any of them. Like, I think they're all kind of vulnerable in their own way, and that makes it really interesting. And so when I've thought about it, I think Sabalenka, I have, like, a mm-hmm. centimeter ahead of the other two because just because that power is so explosive, I don't think she's going to lose to, like... I don't think she's gonna lose early um and I, I think like the semi like will be tough just because it seems like those yips have kind of like resurfaced but i like i just feel like her game is like more imposing than anyone else's right mm-hmm. now and so if she can do what she did at the australian open which is a big if then i see her winning
1: yeah, yeah. i uh i think i'm just going to go for first on this one i think for me, I think she's, as you said, like before, she's the most consistent player on tour. Like I think she has shown a lot of like fighting like skills that develop drastically from even the beginning of the year. Um so i I do think that she would be able to come through just like edge edge people out. I think she's the most experienced in Grand Slams out of the five that you said, like in terms of like yes. winning them. Uh, Even though Rubakina and and, uh, Sabalenka have won, I think I'd still edge Sviantek on this this one. She's number one. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I'd give that much of an edge, um, but I think the way I see it, I don't think that... I think that the best chances of uh, Sviantek showing up either as the best player on court or clutching out a match are bigger than Sabalenka showing up as the best player on court. Because I don't see Sabalenka clutching out as much as... uh, Sviantek would I think in terms of clutchness I'd say I it's I think I'd still give it to Sviantek but then again like in terms of like raw power and matchup like the best version of Sabalenka I think beats the best version of Sviantek like maybe six seven times out of ten um, yeah. on a hard court on a, on a so yeah I think that's kind of what it is but uh, of course like it's it's tennis, real world. Like they're they're not always at their best. So it depends on like what's gonna happen then. So, uh,
0: of course, yeah. And I, I I that's totally fair to have Sviantek winning. I think, I guess I just don't see anyone putting Sabalenka on her heels the way that mm-hmm. Sviantek could be put on her heels. You know, I feel like true. That I feel like Sabalenka, if she loses, it's gonna be more self enforced. Um, so I feel like in that way, it's on her racket. Yeah. Not necessarily. That's not necessarily like reliable because. Of you know some recent semi final matches, but um, I f- yeah I feel like she, I feel like if Shvailnec kind of plays her best, she could still lose, and I don't think that would happen with Savalanka. Yeah. But it's it's really hard to pick, and I will say like I think Jabur, if you know she had to, I think she pulled out mid match in Cincinnati. Um, or no 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 she finished her match against Savalanka, and it had been really tight, but she was injured by the end. Um, if she's fi- in okay physically physical condition, I think she could win. Like mm. the one caveat there is that she wouldn't play Sviantek. But I I would not be surprised if like Sviantek loses early and then Jabur wins the whole thing.
1: Yeah, that that could be a thing too. Um just draw based year. Um I think it's really hard to pull like somebody to go in the on the other uh, semifinals, like with the on the Shviantek half. Um so they be like the Svantek, Goff, uh, Kavitova, um, Quarter. I think this one, I would. I think I would give it. Obviously, as I said, like I think Svantek wins this, so I think Svantek goes into the semis on this one. the The one that is like a big question mark for me is Rubakina, Mukova, Benčić, Sakari. I don't believe Benčić and Sakari are gonna make it, so I think it's between Rubakina and Mukova. I have, I think, I have a very strong feeling that we're going to see Mukova into another Grand Slam semifinal.
0: That, i don't know who fair. she's
1: gonna face but yeah. and,
0: and and yeah I, I should have mentioned her as like a legit contender too because you know roland garros finalist cincinnati finalist like um like maybe should have won that roland garros final so yeah i think that peak level is there and multiple big finals recently yeah i, I think that puts her off there too um mm-hmm. yeah it's really interesting um do you want to make like quick overall picks for winners and then yeah and we'll uh close out
1: yeah sounds good um i'm gonna say Jabbar and Pagula in the semis on the other side i'm gonna pick Jabbar to beat sabalenka and then pegula to, wow. and I'm, i'll pick Pagula to reach the final and wow. um yeah i think Pagula gets to the final and uh if she faces jabara if she's sabalenka i think that the the, the there's a different story. But and you in know
0: has never made it past the quarters before at a major.
1: I know, but I think she's in a she's in the best position that she's ever been. I think she's okay. feeling as confident as she's ever been as well. Even though Cincinnati wasn't great. Um uh, it's yeah. fair. Well
0: she won Canada, so Yeah.
1: I think she's in a in a good position. I think I think she's confident as well. I'm gonna pick p Pigula to make that the deep run. Um you can hold me accountable on that one, I don't care. I, uh, I will. Yeah. Uh, and Sviantek versus Mukova and the other semis, and Sviantek to reach the final. And I think it's going to be a straight setter in the final for Sviantek on this one.
0: Really? I, yeah. is a tough matchup for her, though. Like that's one of the matchups where, like, yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in Sviantek. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I think in terms of place and just like importance, I don't think like Pugula in the U.S. Is, at yeah, the final, I don't think like... it's gonna. I think I don't think Pigu is gonna hold like. Um, in terms of like the nerves like in terms of i think it's just gonna be too big yeah. uh it, even though it's straight sets i don't think six i am gonna guess like a i don't know six four seven six type of a matchup
0: yeah. okay okay well okay so i think it's gonna be a sabo lankos final yeah. and i think i think sabo wins in epic mm. cool like well like a 6-4 in the third kind of match like i think it'll be like a version of what we saw them do last year, but this time Sabalenka confidence of being a slam champion now has that little extra, but I also have no confidence in that prediction.
1: (laughs) I actually have more, more confidence in your prediction than mine, but I'm going to go with like my gut and I'm going to, I'm going to stick to what I said, because I don't want to backtrack on this one. Um, do you want to do a semis on the men's side just real quick just to finalize it? It's not going to be as interesting, but whatever. Yeah, you, uh, you
0: can do the semis. I'm not going to bother. Oh, uh, cool.
1: Uh, I'll do... Oh, boy. And Rublev defeats Medvedev. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to say... Uh, uh, it Medvedev. could happen. Like, it I don't could. know
0: what's going on with Medvedev anymore.
1: Well, Rublev hasn't been in his best shape either. So I would even, like, yeah. between those two, even right now, I'd still pick Medvedev because it's not like Rublev has... Gone um to his best level, unfortunately. I kind of really like the guy. So he, it's a he was shame, pretty good at Wimbledon. He was, yeah. but ever since kind of not really been uh the best version of himself. Mm. But yeah, I'd say Akras, never in the semis, straight sets for Akras, maybe four. <laughs> uh but yeah and I think Djokovic casper rude i think djokovic rude and the and the other semis another yeah, that's sound, that sounds right yeah like i think yeah. rude i think rude beats uh rune still like even in the, in the quarters so yeah 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 and i'm gonna pick oh. between akaraz and djokovic bro <laughs> who's the winner of that one I'd say akaraz <laughs> beats djokovic in the in the final yeah wow. another, another five but you setter. said
0: djokovic was the favorite
1: but i'm gonna go against that i think akaraz beats right. him yeah
0: i i think the same thing i think like and i don't even really know why i think this exactly yeah like like, i i don't fully trust Djokovic at the u.s open and i think like even with that cincinnati win i kind of think the matchup is more difficult for him at this point like it's he can peak and like he still has the higher peak and so he can like come out and win the first set, like 6 3, but I think in like a long, a long match, maybe in the heat, like yeah. five sets. And Alcaraz is learning all the time. Like you can bet that Alcaraz is already, like, he's not gonna have a hangover from Cincinnati, I don't yeah, think mentally. Exactly. I think he's already like looking at that match and sort of saying, like, what can I do better? Mm-hmm. So let's see i i do think we get the center alcaraz rematch i think that's probably like an exciting four setter yeah. probably with a few moments where you're like oh this could go either way if alcaraz wins that then we get the final is that alcaraz in five again
1: yeah is see alcaraz in five as well mm-hmm. yeah oh my gosh a rematch of Wimbledon, of course bring it on um yeah. i think yeah. As as I said, like and obviously like it eat the hashtag the tennis tennis podcast I'll use uses all the time, like had not heart. Not heart. <laughs> um, for me, it's heart all the way. I think Alcaraz. And not and not saying that like I'm cheering for Alcaraz, it's just like the gut feelings, like when I close my eyes and I see somebody holding that trophy, I see Alcaraz. So yeah. I think that's what it yeah, is. I'm I'm gonna go with my uh with my instincts here, which is not saying much, but it is something for me. So uh hey. yeah.
0: Yeah, it's oh man. Can you imagine if we got that? Like that would be like a Borg McEnroe situation almost where like yeah. McEnroe comes in and wins like the Wimbledon final and the US Open final. Like man And then Djokovic so, is man.
1: retire right after.
0: <laughs> I So I was thinking I was thinking this before he lost the Wimbledon final. Mm. But I was thinking if he won all four this year, he should retire right after yeah. that because you're not like you know don't even take the chance that you'll get injured yeah that then he'd have 25 like there's just like no possible better way to end it um yeah like seriously (laughs) but but now it's like he i I don't know something about like the alcaraz rivalry it's like he seems younger in terms of like the hunger now um because like he wants to figure this guy out and like um oh man i'm so glad we have this i think the worst outcome for this tournament is um Alcaraz loses to Sinner or someone else, and then Djokovic mm. just sweeps everyone. Yeah, um, I think that would be that'd be a little tragic. Because um,
1: yeah, like the as I said, like I feel like the other the other finals that I could see on the other side would be uh, Sinner or Zverev in the final. Because yeah. I feel like if if things have to work out a whole lot better for Zverev than than it has for Sinner, but um, Sinner obviously, I think he would prefer not to have to face Medvedev because he doesn't have the best track record against um but yeah i think nothing really is stopping djokovic from reaching that final unless as you said reasons beyond anyone's understanding Uh, but yeah i don't think djokovic is gonna try oh he's not like he's looked for bad luck in the u.s open ever but i think he's gonna be extra careful this year
0: (laughs) I think so too, and like I, I'm sure that like if this matchup happens, we'll get someone saying like, "Oh, I think T.T. Foss could beat him" or like push him really hard. It's like no, he probably won't even get that far. But no, yeah. um, and like you know, same same with Fritz. Like Fritz has been off, um, and that their their recent match was a little uh, a little hard to watch. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a, on that one half, it's Djokovic all the way, and I don't think. I, I think center will, like, play well against Alcaraz, but I don't think it's going to be enough to one.
1: Yeah, same here. So, yeah, I think, I think the US Open would probably really be happy with a Sabalenka-Spiontech final, as you said. Even more yeah. so than Pegula, I would say, just because even though, as you said, like, Pegula has a good record against Fiontech in terms of matchup and everything, probably the best outcome would be a Pegula-Golf final for America. But, That'd be um, very cool, so. yeah. But yeah, I'm 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 sticking to my Pegula prediction into the finals, and yeah. I think Alcaraz Djokovic is just gonna blow it out of the water at the on Sunday. So
0: that'd be great. I, I mean, if we got Alcaraz Djokovic and Sabalenka Sviantek, then we'd have the two best players in the world on both tours. Yeah. Um. Oh man, that would be fantastic. I would love that.
1: Yeah. Totally. <sighs> so yeah, it's exciting times coming in. Uh, yeah. Are you planning on writing anything during the U.S. I, Open?
0: I I'd like to. It depends if I have the time and the. Yeah. Yeah. the Not phases. to put
1: you on the spot, but
0: yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah. totally fine. If um, if we get like an epic match that like I have to write about, yeah. then you know I will do that. Like the um, like the Wimbledon final. Like I saw that and I was like, okay, I need to write something. And I hadn't mm-hmm. necessarily been planning it, but so if something like that happens, I will write. Um, yeah. Ho- hopefully, I can do a couple things at least. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you can follow us Uh, thanks for listening first of all and you can follow us on our social media uh twitter is the one that we use the most mostly because of time but also been a little dead because of time as well but it's a good time to revive it at the last grand slam of the year uh we're gonna get back more podcasts as well once the bunch finishes with uh, his contract uh, the us open we are obviously going to start recording more episodes We'll see if he's gonna be able to do a, a flink one, but we'll keep you updated. And uh yeah, feel free to reach out to us. Um you can also find Owen at Tennis Nation on Twitter, myself at RollenbergAndre, Andre and Varnish at varnishv V2K. And yeah, we'll see you there and enjoy the US Open. Bye.